Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast. Coming up on this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky, Alice Eve chats ITV's new historical drama, Belgravia. Daisy Haggard tells us about Sky One's new parenting sitcom, Breeders. Claire Nelson tells us about her experience of a death-defying 20-foot fall in her amazing book, What I Learned from Falling. David Baddiel chats about touring the UK in his Trolls, Not the Dolls show. And Alison McGowan shares all ahead of his show, The Piano Show, at the Old Vic Theatre on June the 1st. Plus, stars of Sky One's Bulletproof, Noel Clark and Ashley Walters. All that and so much more coming up. When the genius behind Downton Abbey writes a script about high society in 19th century London, you know you're in for a scandalous treat. Belgravia starts this Sunday at 9pm on ITV. ITV, And here with salacious <laughs> stories of dishonour and deceit is the honourable and not deceitful at all, Alice E. Good morning, Alice E. Hello, how are you? Very well, how are you? Very well, thank you for having me. OK, it's ITV, it's 9pm. It starts episode one um, this Sunday, March 15. Julian Fellow's creation... Um, tell us about uh, the fellow members of your cast. Tell us what they get up to, what's just happened, uh, the fast-forward, the 26 years, 23 years fast-forward within the first episode. Tell us, tell us all about everything we need to know. You wet, know. wet our appetite. OK, sure, here we go. So Belgravia's set in uh, Victoria's time, so the 1840s, and that was a big time of growth and expansion, and they were building a lot and industrialization, not dissimilar to what we've just seen with the internet and everything that's grown. And uh, it does start in 1815, but the bulk of it, and certainly my character, take, you know, is part of the 1840s storyline. And that storyline really is about the birth of a new class that disrupts the aristocracy. And, you know, Belgravia was a marshland. Your old home was a marshland. And then uh, Queen Victoria decided she wanted to live in Buckingham House full time before it was Buckingham Palace. And all the aristocrats flocked and said, well, Thomas Cubitt came down and he drained it and, you know, made it solid and built it sort of in a grid system in a nice fashion in a sort of American way really and these big grand houses came up and then everybody flocked to them and we all had our nice dresses made and lived in them and wanted to go to the parties. Excellent so that's that's a perfect beautiful description of the floating foundations that is still Belgravia and its surrounding areas Um, but there's just been a battle. There's just been a battle. In 1815, the Battle of Waterloo. Because that's a gorgeous scene set, right? But now the drama. Okay. Here we come with the thrust of what's going on. Yes, yeah, so it's eight, it's 1815 and, the you know, in those... <laughs> I'm going to go off on another tangent. I love it. Um, sorry. Um, as long as you allow me to bring you back, feel yes, free. Keep me on course. In 1815, you know, they go to war. Battle was a sort of little bit more organised than it is now. So they went off to a party. They just went off to war or after this dinner. And obviously it was one battle. It wasn't a war. So they had the battle and they came back. And uh, then we cut to 1840 where the uh, fallout from what happened has been made clear because there was a marriage at the, the night of the party and uh, someone was given a husband and the husband was of an aristocratic class and she wasn't of that class. So there's a sort of scandal that unfolds mm. in there and then there's uh, the story of um, their story unfolds and then over the course of that, that, you know, they have another son, Oliver Trenchard, who's married to me, who's Susan Trenchard and Susan Trenchard and Oliver haven't produced their own child so there's a lot of sort of scandal and procreation questions going, a little bit more than Downton which was kind of smoother and 
Less. It's, it's like Dante's punk cousin. That's right, isn't it? Your character, she, she's she's a, a strong woman and a woman not to be to be messed with. Yes, you know, she's a modern woman. I mean, Julie, a modern woman. I suppose. Yeah, that, that's sort of because there are many ways to describe women, and we're really trying to tra- change the language around that. But I'd say Julian's a real feminist, and he's written these completely comprehensive women. And you know, when you get your hands on his script and you realise that everything is taken care of, everything you'd hope that she'd be defended and her story would be told and those things are there but Susan is navigating some some real judgments and some uh, some real situations and she navigates them to, to the point where some people could criticize her but I champion it and I think she's uh, determined and she's you know able to do things that uh, we now take for granted and she does things that are maybe a bit naughty a trailblazer she is okay a groundbreaker so when there's so much so much revelry on set and it's so gregarious this, it's so, you know, garrulous, yeah. gregarious and garrulous and all that kind of stuff. And it's mayhemic, you know, but that's your job, right? Now, that would put me in a mood, in yes. the kind of mood where I just want to go out. <laughs> so, yes. so how do you, do, is that what you do after? Because you got you got Glenister on set, for heaven's sake. He's a lot of fun. Now, he likes the odd glass of pop, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And, and Greg, Greg isn't a sh- no shrinking, she's no shrinking violet. No. So please tell me there was some fun had... Yes, we went afters, to a golf. We went to a sort of hotel on the borders where we. It was a golf course we were on in uh, Scotland, and there was a bar there, and there was there was a little bit of fun at the end of the days there. But on the whole, when you're up at five and you've I know. got you know on the whole on the whole, you have to just take magnesium and pray. Right, we've got to plug it again because she's given us so much of her time here. Belgravia starts Sunday, March 15, 9 pm, ITV. It's the brand new Julian Fellows. Big period drama. Starts 1815, gets to about 1840. What a time 1840 was. You had Disraeli, you had Darwin, you had, you had Dickens, you, know, you had the big triumvirate. Well, I mean, you know, those cats were, yeah. they were something else, weren't they? The big Ds. Oh, my God. God, yeah, I mean, you know, those 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 three hanging around town. And the big V, Victoria. Big V, Victoria, she's in the main chair. Yeah, she was Going running. down, all going on. Yeah. Oh, it's great to see you. Anything else you'd like to say before we wish you farewell and good luck? Good luck, farewell, and, you know, may we continue to be strong. Keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on, or as we did last night, keep calm and curry on. Yeah. Nothing oh, like a Thursday. Curry. I was curry. just in India, and I tell you what, the food there is blows your mind. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Okay, give my love to your dad. Don't know your mum, but give my love to your dad. All right, bye bye. Thank you so much. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Having children is a gift, a gift that will turn you grey and make you say awful, unrepeatable things. The fantastic Sky Original Breeders starts tonight at 10 p.m. on Sky One, and here to hold our hands through the minefield that is parenting is its wonderful star, Daisy Haggard. Yeah, good morning, Daisy. Bye. <laughs> so well done congratulations thank you we love the program oh good we think it's awesome uh, we've been banging on about it uh, for the last four days uh, just just give give us your praise of what it's about who's in it and what kind of situations uh, you, you 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 sort of um, allow us to, to indulge in I would say that breeders is a relentlessly unflinching look at parenthood <laughs> it's the, Nicely put. the opposite of the Instagram parent generation show uh, it should make you feel either smug that you haven't behaved as badly as we do in it or you know like there's somebody as bad as you <laughs> parenting and I think it's um, yeah it stars Martin Freeman and myself and um, yeah I think I, I think it's a refreshing look at parenthood it's the thinking it's the thinking it's the school of thinking out loud isn't it yeah that's what it is <laughs> and what, yeah, what Simon Blackwell says about it which I really love is um, that at the end of every episode nobody has learnt anything 
Well, I don't know about that. I, not not in, in the show. In the show. In the show. We don't, we don't sort of grow. Watching we just, it. We keep making the same mistakes. Okay, because there's that other great Sky show called The Affair, which is a show of two halves. Uh, and in it, you, what you do is you get... A, there's, there's a couple having an affair, and the first half of the show is the bloke's take on, on what happened. And then the second half of the show, you rewind to the back of the beginning of, of, the, of the script for that particular episode, and then it's the girl's take on it, and it's completely different. It's, ah. not, it's not dissimilar when watching you your show with my wife. Uh, <laughs> with I don't know about your wife. That's also your husband, she Rachel. Oh, no, well, because we've watched the first three episodes oh and I wanted God. to watch more and Alex wouldn't let me watch it with Adam because <laughs> he's loving it. See, oh. No, I love it too, but I sort of want to watch the next ones. Uh, mate, babe. Oh, I've said it out loud on the radio, haven't I? I've done that thing. <laughs> done that thing. Because it's, 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 it's the comedy of no filter, isn't it? That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the other thing is, is that it's, it is about a family that really love each other. It's about a relationship that's functioning and, and actually quite happy. It's just it's just quite real and unfiltered. It's, it's, it's very real and <laughs> extraordinary. No, it's, it's complete. Yeah. That's why. Because if you're going to make a comedy like this, if you, if you hold back even a bit, it's not going to work. Yeah, no. And you go the whole hog, the whole way. Yeah. Um, um, now the couple in, in 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 this the main the main couple in the show played by yourself and Martin they have two children. You were on you were having your second child. You had your second child when you auditioned for this. I had literally just had my second child. Right. She was in a car seat on the floor <laughs> next to me, and I was said they everyone said oh no do this audition. I was like I can't. I mean I literally can't. My husband held up some lines yeah. and his iPhone and I very angrily read them. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst my four-year-old was watching The Night Garden, which I could hear was about to finish yeah. and I was just like, bah, 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 and just did it really fast. Oh my goodness me. And so so, um, so it was th- that wasn't method acting, whatever the opposite of method, method acting was. <laughs> it was just living. He was living. It just, so you, it was. you took your situation in with to you for the audition, which is what the situation, the audition situation required. Yeah, well, exactly. And it was one of those things where I thought, well, I'll, I'll never hear anything because I, 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 that was awful. But weirdly got a recall and then had to go in um, with my, like, breast pump in my bag to do the actual recall. See, I, I bet they thought Martin. she's hired a baby. She's yeah. never been pregnant in her life. I know. She, how much does this woman want this job? Let's give it to her. She's, what the heck? Yeah. So how many eps is this all in all? Is it eight or ten? Ten. Ten is ten. It's ten, ten yeah. So we've got all ten to watch, haven't we? We're, we're lucky. Yeah. Uh, how many are you in Have you got them all? Well, I've, yeah, only, I've, got them all, yeah. I've watched three because I wanted to watch more and yeah, Alex wanted me to watch it without him. Sorry. I've had to wait. I watched one and then I watched some of seven. And then I thought, oh no, okay, I, yes. I need to go back and yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, because they 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 stand they stand alone, they they stand they on do. their own, they're they're fine, but there is a continuing yeah. arc with all the different developments of people yeah. getting older and people having to move flats, this and the other. I love the fact that uh, Martin's mum and dad are addicted to the shopping channel and have bought, <laughs> have bought things late night, right, um, with a sort of bit of wineology in them late night. So the, on on the shopping channel, you can buy things that to adapt things you already have to make them better. And what they've they, they've done is they bought loads of things to adapt things that that you may already have to make them better but they didn't have the things originally <laughs> so they only bought the adapters and then i have to clear out that whole house aren't they? yes totally um, what else are you up to i am currently writing series two of um a show that i wrote called back to life which is brilliant no, oh hang, thank you hang Love on a minute. That. it's not brilliant it's off the charts isn't it we really talked about good. this yesterday didn't oh, we come on yeah. pile in with it well Thanks. no i, I love that because it was the show about you and and you've just come back to your life having yes. 
I don't want I don't want to say too much, but no, they're having, they're having left prison, yeah. and you're allowed to say that much. Okay, yeah. I'm, I should never have written a show with any spoilers because I'm so guilty. <laughs> and it's all about how you try and re-engage. It was just it was beautiful. Oh, it was thank funny. You. It made me cry. I loved it. Oh, so thank good. you. That's still on iPlayer, I think, as well. So, Aussie yeah, Jane has just been binging on it. She, really? Her, 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 we couldn't shut them up yesterday. So uh, stop talking about to life. She's going to talk about something else. No, okay. we can talk about everything. Right. In that case, so I'm writing that at the moment. Let's talk about you as the head of comedy. The, the, oh, un, the unsmiling, Please unspeaking head of comedy. Okay. Tell Do people about that show. What really show was funny. it? Come on, tell us about that. Um, I played Myra in episodes, um, which was the Matt LeBlanc uh, show uh, written by David Crane and Jeffrey Cleric. And basically, I was the head of comedy who didn't have a single clue about what comedy was. Or a sense of humour. Or a sense of humour <laughs> remotely. And uh, I just Based made strange Based on nobody sounds. we've ever met. Based on nobody uh, in, uh, in uh, comedy. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, I, I just made really weird noises yeah, a yes. lot. <laughs> based, based on nobody we've ever met. No. Okay, if I if I write a name down and make oh, sure the cameras don't see. see it. Okay, this is no based on nobody we've ever met. That one. Oh, I don't. I have no, not right, met no, that no, one. No, no, no. She doesn't exist. That's why. That one. That's why because it's a name I just made up and I'm now ripping uh, up. I'm, I'm sure it's based bit. on everybody everyone's ever met. Nice safe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Daisy, uh, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thanks for not shaking our hands. Oh, thanks for not hugging us. Can we us. all cuddle now? Uh, but <laughs> please come again back soon Thank when you. we can do all that stuff again. Brilliant. All right. Because you can't even blow kisses. You'd only be blowing kisses, no. do you? Just wave. Just wave. You can suck back the air. Yeah. <laughs> suck so, so, so no, a kiss. No, don't even do that. No, you can't wave. do anything. Oh, no, yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank, th- th- uh, thank you, The Fudge, for coming in. Okay. And um, we'll see you later. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Collar, cauliflower off. Okay. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Right, come on, let's introduce our guest there who's hanging on very politely. Thank From you. the sweaty indie rock scene in Leeds to the shiny glamour of Hollywood, our next guest has been on quite a journey. His brilliant new film, Radioactive, charting Marie Curie's life and enduring legacy is in cinemas later this month. And here to tell us all about it is Yorkshire's finest, the superb Sam Riley. Morning, Sam. Thanks for that intro, lovely. I thought we'd interviewed before, but we haven't. You assured me we haven't done this Never, before. No. Okay, all right. I, 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 I think I said to somebody else, can't wait to see Sam again. Uh-huh. Uh, right. <laughs> so you and Rosamund Pike, uh, you are Mr. Mon, uh, Monsieur a, a Madame um, uh, Curie. Uh, tell us about her, the wonder of her, the wonder of him, how they met and, and what they got up to together. Well, um, <laughs> I, d- I knew very little about them, to be honest. I mean, I'd heard of Marie Curie in the same way I'd heard of Florence Nightingale, but I didn't really know yeah. exactly what they same got up to. Here, but they were here. both incredible scientists Together, they discovered two new elements on the periodic Not table. Not just one, Not two. Not two, radium and polonium. Yeah. Polonium because she was Polish, actually, originally. That's why they called it that. And um, she won two Nobel Prizes, one for physics, one for chemistry. No one else has ever ever done that before. And their daughter also won a Nobel Prize with her husband because they took the the radioactivity that she named Marie Curie and helped develop what we now use to fight cancer, the sort of synthetic radium. Okay, no, so, so, so there you go. That, that's the lovely sort of uh, narrative main arch of the story. Uh, but um, she, to say she was single-minded um, and reluctant to get involved with any other human being on the planet is, is understating it, isn't it? Yeah, I, and I think that's... Yes, yeah, she, um, she was an awkward person to work with. I mean, she had very difficult... And yeah, well... 
you know, he loved it, I think. Yeah, no, vice versa. He was a I mean, quite he, 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 underst- he understood it, you know, and he, he admired her brilliance. He wasn't threatened by her genius, you know, and that, that's what makes them such a fascinating couple. When they first won, when she was nominated for the prize, they only wanted to give it to him, and he refused it unless she was also recognised. Um, so he was a very... But then she couldn't go. But then she couldn't go. I mean, they didn't really... They were fascinating people. They could have patented radio, radium, but they wanted the, everyone to be able to use it, you know. So, I mean, they, were, they actually had very little money. They died... Well, she died almost in poverty. And um, it's, 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 it was incredibly hard physical work. They had to sort of break down this ore to, to get a tiny speck of, of things, you know, there's so many things I had. No and they idea did it by hand because I was going to, that's the next thing I was going to go on to. So they got the, they, they, they ordered all this ore and she was there in the backyard. Crushing it in a bathtub. Yeah. And yeah. like, and tons and tons of 400 tons of something. Yeah. And tons of water and everything. And yeah, they, and they had, they worked in very basic conditions, but came up, but, but, but discovered these two new elements and they were, and they're a wonderful couple, you know, they're incredibly, uh, Equal and uh, and well, you wouldn't say modern because there are still some guys. But they're so driven, though, weren't they? Yeah. They were so driven, and they could only have ever met or fallen in love over science. She would not have been with anybody else other than had it been for for the common bond of science. Yeah, I think so. Uh, right, so 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 they get together. Uh, they discover not one but two. Uh, brand new elements, but they they don't re- they don't realize themselves as clever as they are um, how dangerous radium is. Well, they I think when he, when he was uh, accepting the award on behalf of the two of them in um, the Nobel Prize, yeah. he did sort of they, there were anxieties, but he said because Nobel had discovered dynamite, which is something else Very I, did, similar, I, did, wasn't I didn't it? realize, and it was the same thing. You know, there were a lot of amazing discoveries came from dynamite, but then you know the horrors in the of, wrong hands. in the wrong hands, and they. The, he, they disbelieve that you know if if you're un- unlocking the secrets of nature, it's sort of up to human beings how we behave with the, with with the things that we find. So so we have uh, Marie Curie. She wins two, not one. Uh, you know, women just weren't they just weren't in the, on the radar of the Nobel um, pr- Prize uh, panel, were they? You know, no, back, I, back in the, especially scientists. I'm sure some would argue they might still not be exactly. No, no, right? no, yeah. but even less so. Then, yeah, almost absolutely. invisible. Yeah, oh, totally. So she wins one, and then she goes and wins. How very dare she win another one? I know. There's a wonderful picture of her with all of the great scientists of, of the time, and she's she's she never sits still for a photo. She's always, on the photo that everyone's sitting looking very proper, and she's talking to the person <laughs> next to her. It's as though she's always yeah always pursuing you know information and and she she has no regard for nonsense, frothy nonsense. And this photograph was almost I mean the fact that Einstein was in the middle of it, two <laughs> two two down the line from her, neither here nor there. I mean I I only recognised him and her. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that everybody else is really renowned in that photo as well. Yeah, I guess I, guess so. I mean it's an incredible period of time, sort of between the. You know, the turn of the 19th century, between a sort of 30-year period, they invented or came up with so many of the things we now use today. You know, there was flight, watches, electricity, phones. All of these things happened in such a small amount of, of time. It must have been incredibly exciting. What a film. Um, so you finished this two years ago. Um, uh, you had the premiere last night. How did it go? It was yesterday. It was lunchtime premiere, oh, was which is a bit strange, but... <laughs> It went very, it went really well. You know, it was an international. Did you get a sense in the auditorium? Yeah, there was, 
you know, there's a there's a lot of laughter, particularly from the women, at some of the lines of hers to these pompous men. It was great. It was a good atmosphere. Yeah, there are there's some great rhetoric in there. Isn't yeah, there? Look, some classic rhetoric yeah, in there. Brilliant. All right, good. Well, Sam, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. It's great to break the duck uh, together. Yeah. to break our duck together. You're welcome back anytime. Thank uh, you. Anything else we might be getting you in for that's already in the can? Uh, I did Rebecca with Ben Wheatley for Netflix with um, Lily James and Army Hammer coming out later. Should we get year. you in for that? Do you want to stay here till then? Yeah, I'll come if you don't mind. <laughs> Probably stay. I'll, I'll wait it out here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right, Sam, Sam Riley, Radioactive, Radioactive in cinemas. Uh, the story of Pierre and Marie Curie, or Marie and Pierre Curie, whichever way you'd like to look at it. In cinemas, uh, a week on Friday, Friday the 20th of March. It's a great, great film. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. We've heard from three guests already, but there's loads more still to come. Alistair McGowan chats his upcoming show at the Old Vic Theatre, The Piano Show. Noel Clark and Ashley Walters give us the lowdown on Series 2 of Sky One's brilliant Bulletproof. And Claire Nelson tells us about her experience of surviving in the wilderness for four days and three nights after a 20-foot fall whilst hiking. All that and more, but first, Dapper Dave, who's next? He's just as at home playing Debussy and Gershwin as he is being Dot Cotton and Roy Hodgson. His <laughs> brand new UK tour, The Piano Show, starts in May. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man that always makes a good impression. It's the wonderful Alistair McGowan. Good morning, Al. Hello, Chris. Nice to be here. Morning, everyone. How Hi. are you? Uh, I'm all right, thanks, yes. If you're did, asking a serious did, did, question, did, I'm did, fine. Uh, no, uh, good. Well, uh, good. We're all fine. So did you watch the Prime Minister on the um, uh, uh, Downing Street last night, 5 o'clock? I, I, I did watch Prime Minister. And I, I have to say, you know, uh, <laughs> we, we may have different opinions about Boris in, what, in terms of what he stands for, what he's done, and what he may do in the future. But I do think the way he handled this, uh, certainly last night, was, was exemplary. It was, it was very good, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, does perfect. he does he feature in the show? Uh, yes, he does feature in the show. Yeah, okay. briefly. Yeah, so, I know about this because you've been on before talking about it. It's obviously working because you're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, quite, quite. Uh, and you must be enjoying it because because I absolutely the deal. love it. It's it's the happiest thing I've ever done on stage. Actually, um, I, I absolutely adore it. I mean, f- just to explain it a little bit, I play sort of I think thirteen pieces of piano music, classical piano music. They're all fairly short, three or four minutes, by the likes of Grieg and Debussy, as we heard, Chopin, Satie, Philip Glass, and a wonderful uh, composer called Jan Tiers and he's very modern, wrote the music for Amelie and many modern films. But in between, I introduce the pieces, talk a little bit about, bit about the composer and link it with some kind of crowbarred uh, impressions say, and, I, and stand-up routines. I was going to give you the, the, the... I was going to gift you the term, how do you weave them in? But crowbar is more crowbar, honest. Crowbar, yeah, yeah. It's, it's shameless, it's shameless. So it is, in a way, I, I, I sell it as being two shows in one, and it is. It's, it's some stand-up and then it's, it's the music. But I'm not doing what the likes of Rainer Hirsch, Bill Bailey, Tim Minchin do. It's not funny songs. It's, it's here's a bit of comedy, uh, here's some stuff about the composer, yeah. and now here's the piece of music. I never thought it would work, but people seem to really like yeah, it. Yeah, what they do, they, those guys, a whole uh, different skill sets. 
So who gets in there and, and how might they get in there in between the music? Uh, well, probably the strangest one is the fact that George Gershwin, who is a wonderful composer, died very young, age 39 in 1938, uh, I think. Uh, Gershwin um, loved to play tennis in his spare time, which is something I didn't know about. <laughs> Where's this going? You just expect that composers <laughs> just sit composing all day, but of course they have lives. Gershwin loved his tennis. So I say, I love my tennis. And then before you know it, I'm doing my impression of Roger Federer and uh, talking to you about Roger and uh, how much I like him and how adept he is with his languages and all that sort of thing. And I've noticed recently with Federer that he's actually quite shy and when, he, when he's talking in interviews, he often starts laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> like he just can't quite believe that that he's there. It's quite funny sometimes to see that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so Gershwin and tennis. Uh, Grieg uh, was a Norwegian composer. I love these, these sort of juxtapositions. I know, it's crazy. Uh, Grieg was a Norwegian composer and I talk about Norway and their love of nature and the natural world. <laughs> right, let's try and guess where we go. Oh, Dave Attenborough. Correct! Yes! So David makes an appearance. Now, I didn't know this, but years ago, when I had my album released, which was 2017, uh, me playing the piano, piano album, still available to download. Um, but David Attenborough, uh, we were working together for WWF, the wildlife people. Right. and uh, <laughs> Not the World Wrestling Federation. Not the World Wrestling Federation, which he also enjoyed. Uh, but no, we, we met and talked, and uh, I told him about this piano thing. He said, oh, it's incredible. Who do you play? So I started to mention some of the composers, not thinking he'd know. He said, oh, I play that, I play that as well. I've been playing for 80 years. I love to. I play every day for half an hour. So David Attenborough is a, is a very uh, keen pianist. I tell you what, you've got, you've got him down, haven't you? You've <laughs> got to be pleased with that. <laughs> yes, I've had so little time to work on it too. Is yes. it the slack jaw that works there? Because well, when I'm watching you do it's it... It's one of those right. things. Years ago, I used to do a routine about Michael Caine, which subsequently they've done on the trip as well. I'm not saying they stole it, but it was the same routine about how people's voices age. You know, you have to young Michael, and nowadays, of course, you have to actually older Michael when he's interviewed, and you have to acknowledge that people's voices age and they change. And um, <laughs> similarly, similarly, David. You're just who we need. Let's give our listeners a round Sorry, carry on. You're just who we yeah, need today. I mean, 30 years ago when I started out... Yes, 30 years ago, Chris, when you used to come and watch me at the Meccano Club. Do, yeah. uh, 30 years ago, I mean, Attenborough was still everywhere, but he had that wonderful, I'm here in the forest looking at the chimpanzees, blah, 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 that sort of voice. And obviously, now he's aged that much, and you have to really take that on board. And uh, some people would say, well, isn't that a bit rude? Because you know, to, to, you're not mocking, you're just copying. But his voice obviously has aged uh, as he has rather magnificently. Yeah, and what's, what's interesting about what you do now on stage when you're playing the piano, Mm. is, you know, you can play the piano, but you sort of don't really understand it like a, a proper musician would, but no. you play impressively. So what you're doing, your gift, your skill, uh, your superpower, is you can do impressions not only of people audibly, but you're now doing impressions of people playing the piano, aren't you? That's what you, you become a, a, a piano impressionist. Not really. No, I mean, it's very, it's very separate, as I say. The piano thing is, well, I suppose, yeah, it's like a vague impression of a professional pianist. That's what I mean, but, because you yeah, can copy okay. them, can't you? You copy uh, what they do, but can you play from sheet music and things like that? Oh, yeah, no, I have to play from music. Oh, right. You have to play from music, yeah. Right. Um, but... I mean, people, I'm sure Damon would agree, if, if, I, I always thought that to perform music in public, you had to have been to a music college, done your degree, know everything about transposition, to be able to do, you know, to, to a perfect pitch, all the rest of it. And then I was, was doing my first show with the piano at Edinburgh, and I met someone, uh, Ronnie Golden, who you probably remember from years ago too, who plays guitar, and actually, I shouldn't have mentioned his name. But um, uh, I said to Ronnie, you know, I'm, I'm not a proper musician like you, and he said, well, I just, I just play a few chords. He said, I don't understand the whole thing. I hope I'm mis not misquoting him here. But um, it, I, it, that was when the light went on, and I thought, you don't have to have been to music college to play in front of people. You know, you, if you've got a, half a talent, you yeah. play what you can play. OK, the Piano Show Tour kicks off in Thornbury on 2nd of May until 9th, uh, the 9th of October in Poole. Uh, tickets available, alistairmcgowan.com. 
www.coventry.co.uk. And we're looking at Gloucestershire and Oxfordshire and Coventry, uh, Coventryshire and Hertfordshire and Londonshire and Liverpool and Durham and Yorkshire and North Yorkshire. And it goes on and on. So, uh, so we have um, a list of all dates there and how to get tickets there. Once again, uh, let's give out uh, a plug for the uh, website address, alistairmcgowan.co.uk. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's topped the charts, sold out arenas, written best-selling books, and right now he's slap-bang in the middle of his Trolls Not the Dolls stand-up tour. Please welcome a man that's here to tell us why a keyboard warrior shouldn't worry you. It's the comedic brilliance of David Baddiel. Morning. Morning. David, how are you? Uh, I'm all right, actually. I'm doing well, yeah. Where, where it, were you last night and how was uh, cor- the coronavirus phenomenon <laughs> among the crowd? How is it at the moment, right? Because you're, you're there, you're I'm at the coalface, aren't you? Yeah, well, I was last night I was in the Bex Theatre in Hayes. Right. Uh, and tonight I'm in uh, Aylesbury Waterside Theatre. Uh, I was just in Scotland last week, which uh, and I wouldn't have been able to do any of those gigs. Is that right? Are they actually cancelling the gigs in Scotland? From Monday. So uh, right. p- public gatherings outside of 500 people or more. Yeah. 499, you're fine. Never yeah. get that. I yeah. never understood that. Uh, indoor gatherings of 100 people or less. Yeah, uh, but, of course, everywhere you work is an indoor ga- gathering of 100 people or more, if there's 100 people or more that work there. We are an indoor gathering of 3,500 people, but we're not a gig, so we're all right. Right, I get it. OK. Sorry, was, well, that, was that a comprehensive... That was a bit longer than I expected. Sorry. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, but, back, you know, back, it's back Scotland, in Scotland, uh, thank the Lord, all the, all the gigs were over 500 people, uh, and so they would have all been cancelled. Last night, uh, it was, I tell you what it is, I come on and I sometimes say, it's lovely to see that you're all prepared to congregate in such large numbers at this stage in the apocalypse. And it gets a laugh, but it's a slightly frightened laugh, to be honest. And actually, I carried on talking about it because I just started ad-libbing about the fact that I think it's a bad time for burglars, right? Because basically everyone's staying in, which makes it very hard to burgle. And the other day, my burglar went off and I went downstairs. I thought there might be an intruder, so I just started coughing loudly and I think he went away. Right? And all of this went well, but with a sense of we're frightened, David. But it's nice to laugh, but we are frightened. But, but laughing itself is a release of, of fear, isn't it? That's yeah. what laugh, laughter is. Come on, yeah. I know you've studied this, both of you, Alistair and David. So tell us about the, the phenomenon which is laughter. No, well, it's well, a big question, but I completely agree. I completely agree that the whole point, really, of comedy uh, at its best is to take, OK, here's a really dark and difficult thing, death being one of them, let's make, let's make fun of it. Because what else can you do with that stuff? You know, you, you can't you can't really take it on board that we might all be about to die. So let's make fun of it. We haven't talked about trolls, not dolls. Sorry, yes, yes. Well, sorry. Well, we talked about it a little oh, bit. No, we, the... no, I don't mind as long as you don't mind. Well, can, well I'll we... tell you one thing about it, which is weird. I'm going to say the well, weird, the weird thing. The let weird me thing say, about... let's say this first of all. You yeah. had to put bums on seats. It's your tour. Yes, it's my tour. It's happening now. It's about halfway through. Okay, it's and got... this is because you took the trolls on. Yes, on Twitter. Yes, I and started... you thought there's a show in this. Yeah, well, the show is it begins with the fact that I was one of the people who thought don't. Don't not ignore the troll. No, that's a difficult double negative, isn't it? People say don't feed the trolls. I don't agree with that. Yeah. For me, not for everyone. Obviously, lots of people are going to get upset. They're going to get annoyed. For a comedian, they're hecklers. As far as I'm concerned, they're hecklers. So you put them down or you make fun of or them. You hold the mirror up. That's yeah. the best thing. But isn't you it? basically make comedy out of it. But the show isn't just about that. The show is about the way we live now, which is in this sort of completely mad way in which everyone overreacts to everything, in which everyone writes everything down. That's like a weird thing, I think, is that we live in a society we never used to write everything down and certainly not write everything down in public. And when you do that, people act out who they are. Yeah, they don't yeah. sort of just behave normally. 
and they get into fights in order to prove who they are and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but I also, the show is also quite upbeat because it also says, here I am dealing with the trolls and here's some bloke who's decided to run with the comedy and next thing you know, it's like conducting an enormous comedy orchestra because there's lots of people joining <laughs> in with this, which is actually really a brilliant way of dealing with trolls. So the show is very much about the yin and yang of social media. But what I was going to say, Chris, is it is weird being on a show, plugging a tour that might be cancelled. No, I know, I was going to say. Minute. And, 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 and what is... about this? How about this for optimism? He's announced some new dates. I know, isn't it the maddest <laughs> yeah, thing? I'm like the only person in the world. <laughs> the only person in the world to be announcing new dates. New at dates. this particular moment, okay, yes. You can come and see me in a sealed <laughs> dome somewhere in the Arctic. Uh, Thursday, 16th of July, through to Sunday, the 19th of July, the Trolls Not Dolls uh, tour follows both critically acclaimed My Family Not the Sea, I'm 2016, and Fame Not the Musical. Um, yeah. The Trolls, the internet trolls, uh, Twitter trolls. Can, you can't be trolled on Instagram, can you? Because it doesn't work like that. That's one of the. You can, can I you? think. I Although I Instagram is a nicer platform. Right. Yeah. So, the, so the trolls, uh, you give them what for, and then you turn uh, their trolling into a show, and so you start to make money out of their ignorance, stupidity, um, yeah, well, anger, well, self self loathing. To some extent, I mean, uh, you know, they're hecklers. That's what they are. You know, they're people shouting at you in the dark. Well, they're not, know. are they? Though? Yeah, because no, it's, they are hecklers. I no, mean, it's just a different type of heckler. But at least hecklers, they know they're in the same room as you. They can, they can be seen by other people. Yeah. It's even more cowardly, isn't it? Is it? In a way, it is. I mean, but basically, the way that I always dealt with trolls was to, uh, you know, screenshot what they'd said, however abusive it was, and then say something funny above it. And then my followers, who are essentially the rest of the audience, would like that, which is sort of them laughing at me dealing with a heckler. So it feels to be like a virtual copy of the same kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I, I, one of the things about me is I'm a very unangry person, I think. Like, my, I'm a very direct person. My wife said to me the other day, have you ever thought about saying the second thing that comes into your head? And, <laughs> but that's it's good advice for me, because sometimes with, with with hecklers, I do I just step away from them, right? Do you know, by the way, you know, everyone knows this, don't they, that my wife is, well, Wenna Banks, who is the yeah, mummy, mummy pig and Peppa pa- Pig. I passed her by the other day. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, she is. It's a complicated for a Jewish bloke, to be honest with you, but I, I deal with it. <laughs> but she, she, uh, that's what I do, is that I sort of, I deal with them in a way that involves building and saying yes to what they say, yeah? That's, that's essentially just a comic thing, is that they've abused you, but instead of getting upset, build on it, right? So, for example, uh, this is a very simple thing you could do with trolls, is obviously they can't spell. So someone <laughs> shouted at me something about, like, oh, privileged celebs, you have no idea of real life. And he spelt it with an A. So I said, it's true, I'm so privileged, I know how to spell it, right? And then ne- <laughs> and next thing I know, someone is saying to me, oh, calling out spelling mistakes on Twitter is so 2015. I said, you spelt so wrong. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's just using what they give you and in a way that disarms them that's like martial arts though isn't it essentially yeah it's the in martial fact, arts of comedy yeah well Ricky Gervais once said that watching my Twitter feed was like watching quite a bad kung fu movie <laughs> where essentially it's me dealing with a lot of idiots continually with the moves that I have yeah. right so um, Alistair you've never social media well you did for, a, for a, 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 you know, a, a millisecond and then thought better of it yeah I can't remember what I'd, I'd just done and I thought oh, I wonder what people think there's this new thing this is like 10 years ago I remember I remember just moved into my new house, so there I was looking at this thing. I thought, oh, oh, somebody liked whatever it was I'd just done. And I thought, great, second one, they liked it as well. I thought, great, 2 0. Then somebody didn't like it. I thought, oh, and somebody else didn't like it. And I was 2 2. And I thought, this is getting negative now. What do I do? And I thought, well, you've got to end on a positive. You've got to win. You've got to score the winning goal before you go to sleep. So I went and it was 3 2 down. So then I went 4 2 down and I thought, I could be here all night. Yeah. And that was enough, those it's five minutes. Get worse. And I thought, that's it. And I've never no, that's ever. Right. It can it feel since. like that, but it can also feel. I wanted to, to stress this because I think that because it's a show about trolls, people do think oh, it's all negative. Like, there is incredible stuff on social media. You can see 
people joining in. It can be about the communication it's supposed to be yeah. about. I mean, I find this sometimes with like very small observational things that I think, well, I'll just put this on social media. It probably won't relate to anyone. So I remember I was in a posh hotel eating on my own and I said this and I, I've in an effort to be grown up I've ordered fish I'm already in advance disappointed right and that, <laughs> and that got that got loads of people commenting one bloke one bloke called Michael Wargan I remember his name he said I, I once had fish in a posh restaurant it was brill and I remember thinking that's fantastic that is fantastic that's proper joining in and that's that's when it becomes like actually out there are a lot of nice people. They're just not quite as loud as the people shouting at you and trying to make it a, a battle. Charles, not the dolls with David Baddiel. Uh, DavidBaddiel.com. Still adding more dates. Still adding more dates. People are coming. Ever, ever Can I just say something? Yes. Tickets are still selling. Of course I they are. am told of course that they tickets are. are still selling. I don't know if it's people who haven't listened to the news, no. but tickets are still selling <laughs> for right. my show. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Undercover cops, million pound drops, and infiltrating crime empires are all in a day's work for our next guest. That's right, the Sky Original Bulletproof is back on Sky One for Series Two later this month, and here to tell us all about. It at this generation, Starsky and Hutch. It's the wonderful Noel Clark and Ashley Walters. Good morning, gentlemen. Yay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Well, you're more than you're more than welcome. Thanks for coming here. Now we are late. We are ashamed to be late to the bulletproof party. So because this is series two. It is indeed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we missed series uh, one. <coughs> missed out on series one, but uh, the rest of the world didn't. So tell us about uh, how, how it how it fared on the Sky. T- I don't know cat tick sheet or whatever they'd say. You know, you, if you were employees, uh, you'd, your appraisals went pretty well. I would imagine. Yeah, we we were in employees of that month that it came out. <laughs> yeah. um, every month. Yeah, we won everything. We won everything. Did yeah. you did you win some awards? <laughs> no, we didn't win awards. We didn't, we didn't win any awards, but in terms awards, of yeah. viewers, we were uh, you know, I think the highest uh, on catch up, the highest uh, live audience and also, you know, in terms of when people they ask people about why they subscribe to, yeah, yeah. to Sky, we were like top of that as well. So. Yeah, it's, it's what is the um, the call to action, isn't it? The intention to buy Sky, yeah. and you were like number one. On yeah, that. we were that well was, up there. Yeah. Pretty cool. So they must like you. Then. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, we think so. <laughs> All right. So for people who don't know, um, uh, tell everybody uh, Noel Clark and Ashley Walters uh, who you play and what you get up to, both of you. All right. So I play um, Officer Ronald Pike. Um, <laughs> Noel plays a guy called Aaron Bishop. We're two. NCA cops. Um, what does NCA mean for people who don't know? Um, National Crime Agency. Yeah. So basically, we're a mixture of like all different police departments in one, in one sort of building. Um, bit of, bit of Sweeney, bit purposes. of cyber, a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah deals yeah. with like massive organised crime generally. All yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and the, the opening s- sequence of the first episode of the second series. I mean, you know, it was Bond esque. Um, right? <laughs> can you actually drive that well? Yeah, I can actually. You can, yeah, because yeah. I saw I saw some of the driving sequences. I thought yeah. I think he's actually doing yeah, that. Yeah, I bit. do. I do a lot of my own driving. I'd say at least like ninety percent of it in South Africa, where we just come back from. Actually, where we were shooting a special, I did I did all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I do I do a lot of the driving. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. All right, so you're dealing with drugs. You're dealing with knife crime. You're dealing with everything that's going on at the moment. So so many things about it that work because because um, it's it's relevant. You know, it's cool. Um, it, it's dealing with things that. that we need to talk about now that aren't talked about as much as perhaps they should be it's funny it's dealing with domestic issues at home it's dealing mm. with because because the, the the sort of main arc of episode one is the fact that there are organized uh, organized gangs uh, selling drugs on the streets but then um 
certain certain uh, sort of uh, goings on um, quieten down, and they quieten down for a reason. And this is a thing, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, so they yeah. stop selling one drug so they can start selling another drug. Yeah, well, crime families or, or organised crime will kind of strangle the market on one thing and intimidate people to not sell it. And when everyone's kind of like, where's my fix? Where's my fix? They introduce something new or their version or something new. So and that's when it gets through. Well, it's dangerous anyway, but it gets yeah. even more dangerous then because... Because, because because the drugs aren't as pure as yeah, the they're not ones. as pure. Yeah, they're not yeah. as pure. They're more dangerous. They could be more potent, and that's when it gets to the organised crime level where people like us have to get involved and be the good guys and stop it. Uh, right. I love your boss. What's her name? Tana. 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 I didn't realise. I did. I thought. If I had to bet, I wouldn't have thought she'd have got as potty mouth. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I know, right? I know, she I know. does. Uh, she's amazing. She's like your M, isn't she? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. She's so great. cool. She's great. Except she says a few um, beeps yeah. here and there yeah, yeah, yeah. and put us in our place. Um, you got the M, uh, the M bombs and the F bombs, uh, and you, then you. There are two new uh, recruits. Uh, two. two Good badass girls. Yes. Who would tell us about those? So you got uh, Lucy Shorthouse and uh, Olivia Chenery, and they right. play Paige and Scarlett, who's nicknamed Scooch. Right. And, and then, then anyways, they're coming to get you your, your crown, aren't they? Well, potentially. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? They, who knows it could, it could be them after. You know, you never know. Um, but yeah, they're they're two really good girls that come in and 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 just kick butt and really uh, add a lot to the team um, and and just make it whole. Uh, tell us how come you two ended up in South Africa. This is a first. So we're just talking to the boys off the air, and it's, it's a series three's in the bag because you're like the most popular thing on Sky. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, sort of, so, but we're sort of. We're filming sort of series two and a half. We're like, <laughs> we're, we're sorry, we've never heard, been doing this quite a while now, boys. Never really heard of series two and a half. 2. Please 5, explain yeah. further. Well, you can't. So, so they were really happy with uh, season one and really happy with, with two in the bag. And um, we've both got other commitments and they didn't want to wait too long for three. So they said, while we're waiting, we can fit in a sort of 2.5, which are like some specials right. that we can put out later in the year. Good. But we want it to be special. So not just, we don't want to do a short season in London. So what can we do? And we said, well, we got this idea where our characters are just on holiday. So they're on holiday, minding their own business on a beach somewhere. I love it. Something kicks off. Midsummer murders. With a stunt yeah. here and there. With a stunt, yeah. <laughs> and, and something kicks off. And being the, the cops that we are, we're compelled to help. And we get drawn into this thing. And what you get is an amazing three-episode thrilling thing with us out of our depth you know in a different country and, and that's what we've just we literally came back from South Africa on Friday, Friday. Friday. Good for yeah. you now tell us the irony of America and what you have to do to the apps that go in America it's <laughs> yeah. so, this is crazy it's, is it funny or is it I don't know it's either really ironic or absolutely transparent uh, both both yeah. I think so it, it does alright in America it's doing well in America and it's on the CW but for the American versions we have to re-record all the language that has any sort of swearing in it yeah and and take that all out. So right. we suddenly go, oh my gosh, what the fudge is happening? Do you know what I mean? Or, or things like cauliflower. that. Cauliflower, we use cauliflower. Yeah. What the yeah. cauliflower are you doing over there? <laughs> Throwing a few vegetables, they love that. So there's there's one scene where I say, um, I take the Lord's name in vain, but we've changed it to me going, oh, cheese on toast. Because <laughs> 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 it matches yeah. with, yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. with the lips. Oh my God, parents. <laughs> yeah. You're an all-round inspiration to both of you. Oh, uh, right. you Noel man. Clark and Ashley Walters, Bulletproof Series 2. We are new to the party, uh, but we loved it last night. All episodes available to watch on Sky One from next Friday, 20th of March. Gentlemen, thank you so much. 
much. Thank, Thank you, you very much. You are Thank very you. welcome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Deb Dave, do your stuff, please, if you don't mind. Our next guest dreamt of escaping the grind of busy city life with a hike through the wilderness, but her dream soon went south. The new book, Things I Learned from Falling, is out now and here to tell her remarkable story of sunburn, selfies and surviving wild coyotes is the brilliant Claire Nelson. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. Welcome to the show. All right, so can you give us a, a 60-second pricey for people listening as to what we're about to talk about, please? Sure. Um, so um, in 2018, I left London. I was feeling burnt out and I decided I would move to North America and explore the wilds and wilderness and go hiking and connect with the outdoors. Um, I was on a hike and do you, do you want me to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was on a hike, um, a day hike, where I lost my footing on some boulders and fell uh, 25 feet. And I shattered my pelvis and I couldn't move. So I was lying on my back and I was... I didn't have phone signal. I hadn't told anyone where I was going, and I was out there for four days. And so, so you, so you walk along the trail, or mm. you, you're off the beaten path, as it were, and then you slip on a boulder. Can you take us through the? Do you remember the moment that you, you lost your footing? Oh yeah, yeah. I um. I, so I'm off the trail without realizing it. I come to this really high stack of boulders. They're everywhere in the desert. I realize I'm going to have to climb over it to continue the path that I was on. And it was when I was at the top. I'm trying to sort of find my footing. And then I just start to slide. So I've right. lost my footing. And it all happened in slow motion. Um, and yet it was only a few seconds. Um, and I didn't know where I was going to land. I just remember my brain going, "This is you, you're going to get hurt. This is going to hurt. And then just, no, 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 no. And then off the edge. So, so you crash to the ground you, or you stop eventually. Are you sliding or are you, are you tumbling or I what? Slid the, I slid for the first 10 feet and then dropped right. for the remaining 15 feet. Okay. Um, and then when I hit the ground, I heard this crack. Oh. And my pelvis shattered, and I remember thinking at the time the word shattered, and um, and you know it, you know when you've shattered your pelvis, like there's there's no question about it, and your hinge is effectively broken, so I couldn't sit up, oh. and I couldn't. I couldn't get off my elbows, so I'm flat on my back and I couldn't move anything below the waist. Now, as bad as that that is, and it is awful. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. I wouldn't imagine you think it's the end of the world. It's potentially the end of my life. You wouldn't think that, would you? You think, no. okay, I'm in trouble here. What a, What an idiot. Ow, my goodness me, that hurts beyond belief. Ow, 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 ow. But then when did it be- begin to come, become a little more uh, patently evident that that things could be life-threatening? Well, first of all, that was exactly my mindset. Like, you've just nailed it. <laughs> the whole process of this is, you know, this is really painful, but, I, you know, I can move my toes. I know I'm not paralysed. Um, I just need to find a way to get out of here. We're only we're only two and a half hours into the story. We've got three and a half days to go. <laughs> How do you want to walk us through that? Is, is, do it in any way you'd like. Well, yeah. I mean, it was it was a weird process of going through all these emotions of of being angry at myself and being you know really sad and then being in denial about what was happening and then through to acceptance. But I the first night that I was out there was terrifying because. Realizing that I've fallen and had an accident is one thing, but then to be out there at night, like I'd never and ever anticipated I'd be lying out in the desert injured at night. Like that was a terrifying prospect. I knew it was rattlesnake season as well, and I'm on get ground level. So the whole first night I was just had all these, I kept imagining I was seeing snakes coming out of the crevices and the rocks, so I didn't really sleep very much. 
And then by the time the second morning rolled around, I was like, oh, thank God. Well, that's that's over. At least I've made it through. Now someone's going to come by and find me and I'll get out of here. So it was the renewed optimism the next day. It, absolutely. With the sunrise came more 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 hope. Exactly. Simple yeah. as that. It's Simple funny what night and day does to us, isn't Honestly, it? Honestly, something about fear in the dark. It's just oh, escalated. Always. Yeah, yeah. Night, the night terrors, regardless of whether you're in your bed or, you know, wherever you were. Nightfall, day three, Claire. Tell us about yeah. that. Tell us about how you were. I hear about your face was sunken. You were dehydrated. Mm-hmm. It was it was all getting very, yeah. very, very serious and very desperate by that point, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Last night, that was the moment I was really... I, 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 that afternoon, I'd realised that I might die there. But that night, I think I accepted it for the first time. All right. Okay, so, so day four... <sighs> Uh, uh, happens. Um, uh, you're, you're still around. Uh, I'm still around. Yeah. How, how did you? Did we, were you expecting to wake up? How did you feel when you woke up? How what hurt? What didn't hurt? Were you numb to everything? Everything hurt. I mean, if you imagine when you sit down for too long and you sort of, you know, your bum falls asleep and you get kind of really that sore yeah. feeling, I had that through my entire body because right. I hadn't been able to roll over or move or anything. Everything hurt. I felt so weak, but I was like, okay, I've survived another night. Can I do another 24 hours? I don't know. And I left, I started to record this in another message, and then my camera died. And I think that was another piece of kind of hope that I was clinging to that just kind of died as well. And I thought, well, I've got nothing left now. It's just me out here. Um, So I started to kind of drift in and out of consciousness. Um, I was too tired at this point to hold my sunshade up, so I just sort of draped it over the top of me and just lay there in the the heat. So so how come you're here? Well, um, during my sort of of unconscious uh, revelry, I heard a voice um, come out of the sky, which kind of woke me back up, and it was a search helicopter. And um, then I heard them say, we're looking for a missing hiker. And I knew I had to get their attention somehow, but I, I just couldn't. Oh I couldn't believe that this was happening because I just accepted that it wasn't going to happen. So, um, oh. and the funny thing was, I wasn't actually sure it was me they were looking for. I just thought they're, they're looking. <laughs> they're looking for a hiker. This is great. I'll, maybe they'll find me yeah, as well. I'm lost too. I'm lost too. Oh exactly. no! There's, there's more than one of us. <laughs> it literally went through my mind. Um, and so they came over, but they I couldn't see them. I could just hear them, and then the sound kind of got quieter and quieter and, and then it disappeared and it was gone. And I thought, please come back, please come back. Um, and then I heard it, it come, came back again a little while later. So I'm, I'm screaming, of course, and I'm waving this flag, but they, they can't see me down there. And so sure enough, they I heard them say my name this time. And this was like, oh, my God. But then again, it got quieter and then they left. And I thought, they're not even looking here. They're going to be looking on the trail, I guess. Um, so I, I then kind of reinforced my my sunshade, my flag. Put my t-shirt on. I put my hat on. I made it as big as I could, just in case they came back. And then they did. They came back. And this time I waved that thing as as high up as I could reach. It was so painful and as hard as I could wave it. Um, and the guys, they said they saw a movement. They thought it was like a plastic bag blowing around in the in the the valley below. But something made uh, the deputy Manny made him get his binoculars out and go let's I just want to go back and check so they went back and he checked and he said that's the hiker just makes like my neck like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up when I think of it because it could so easily have not happened that way 
the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.